Hello and welcome to Holly's Hotspurs, where I, your host, Holly Agambar, will be talking all the latest news and gossip, along with a few heated opinions on the club we all love, Tottenham Hotspur. Now you can watch this unfold live with me and my guests over on YouTube at my channel, Holly Agambar. But for now, let's sit back and discuss what has been happening at Tottenham. Hopefully, we've been living lavish. Yes, uh, it's Holly's Hotspurs back with another one. Chatting all things Tottenham, we're second to none. Special guests every time, if it's win, lose or draw. The passion is high like Harry Kane when he scores. Or when Lloris makes a world-class save. We got Hoybier running the mid every game. Settle down, stick around, share your thoughts with the panel. And make sure you're subscribing to the channel. Coys. Hello and welcome to another episode of Holly Sotspurs Live, where again tonight we'll be talking some transfers, but also that pre-season game against Rangers. And with me tonight, I have some fabulous guests. Wes, it's nice to have you back on the channel, mate. How are you this evening? Yeah, all good. Thank you, Holly. Um, and good to be back uh, discussing all things Spurs. Probably one of my favourite topics. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to this one. Uh, good stuff. And also back again, Luke. Seems like you're a resident on this show at the moment. How are you, my friend? Yeah, no, I'm really good. Thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure. Two weeks in a row. What have I done to deserve this? And uh, do you know what's even better? Finally, I'm on a show with Wes where we can both be guests and both chat together. Usually he's on my show, so it's uh, wonderful to be here with both of you. Yeah, it's good stuff. And we will hopefully have a Joey soon. Joey is a channel member. He's just having a bit of trouble uh, with his uh, devices at the moment. So hopefully he can jump in at some point. But uh, let's kick off the show. Obviously, it's taken a while and I, I get bored of mentioning his name because I feel like at the start, even before uh, the transfer window opened, we were linked with him. And that is Spence. But Wes, he's finally in that Tottenham shirt now. So how do you feel that it's finally got over the line? Yeah, um, I think it's a... Uh... I think it's just everybody's just relieved, really, from a Tottenham perspective that obviously we got that managed to get that one over the line. A um, little bit drawn out, but um, yeah, I don't know if it was a mixture of Levy and Borough trying to squeeze a little bit more out. I was reading that there was some, you know, extortionate clauses that they wanted, you know, after he plays his first Premier League game, Champions League game, and things like that. And yeah, Levy being Levy would have gone, now nah, you're right. Um, but look. 12.8 million, I think it is up front, and then around roughly 8 million in add ons. I don't think anyone can really, really complain. You know, he's young, he's English, fills the homegrown quota. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, we all saw what he could do last season in the FA Cup, in particular against some, some strong Premier League sides. Um, so yeah, should be uh, a good signing um, for us, I think, um, and fills a, a spot that I feel like we needed to be, it needed to be filled, basically. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the thing. I mean, we talk about, obviously, we were so annoyed it took so long. Um, but then we found out, uh, Luke, that it isn't a uh, Lee, uh, Conte signing. It's an actual fact, a Levy one. Conte didn't necessarily want him. He said that Spence is obviously an investment for the club. The club wanted him and he said, OK. So with that in mind, Luke, are you a bit worried with the signing or are you thinking yourself, oh, it'll be fine. We need him. Let's get him in. Have you been reading my Twitter feed from last night by any chance? <laughs> Maybe. With that question. Um, no, do you know what? I think all that's uh, a load of nonsense. Like, I don't think the actual quote is, itself is nonsense. Mm -hmm. I think the whole hype or the um, argumentative atmosphere around that question is uh, just a strange one or something that people have generated out of nothing. I think that at the end of the day, whether Antonio Conte wants somebody 
or whether he signs them off, I don't think there's that much difference in it. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, he still has to want a player to come and play. And we'll see it this season. We'll see. If he doesn't want him, he won't play him. Yeah. It won't be like, you know, Daniel Levy saying that Delhi Alley needs to play to get his numbers up to force a higher transfer fee or Gareth Bale playing because we brought him back on loan. It's not going to, I don't think we're going to see anything like that. I think it'll be if Spence is ready, Spence will play. And I think Wes is 100% correct. You know, it's a low cost transfer, it's homegrown quota, and it's somebody who's fresh, young, and raw. He's miles better, in my opinion, than both of the right sided players we've got at the moment. You know, you watch the game against Rangers, which we'll go on in a minute. Lucas Moura came on at half time to play right wing back because he couldn't trust uh, Emerson, in my opinion, because he wasn't wasn't good in that in that position. So yeah, I think whether it's Conte signing them off or Conte wanting a player, he's a Spurs player, and I'm all for it. Mm, I think you're right, and I think that not the worrying thing is, but I sit here Wes and think. Does that mean Emerson or Doherty leave? Do you think they'll just keep it for rotation? Because obviously a lot of us keep forgetting we have got five subs next season. Or do you think that with Spence coming in, Doherty and Emerson will be pushed down the ranks, so to speak? I think, you know, as Luke was saying there, I think with with Spence, it'll be almost like a phased introduction into the team. (laughs) Um, I don't necessarily think Conte chucks him in straight away. Although, having said that, Given the opposition of our first game, Southampton, you know, you think they're more of like a comfortable mid-table Premier League team. It might actually be a good time to introduce him into the team and into the fold. Um, but I, I can see one of Emerson or Doherty going, and I think it will probably be Emerson just because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we saw Doherty's form really pick up towards the back end of the last season um, before he got injured and. You know, Conte turned him into somebody who could actually play football, which I didn't think was uh, was possible given um, the performances Doherty was uh, serving up under Mourinho um, and, and even Nuno to a certain degree. Um, but yeah, I think, like I say, it'll probably be one of those two and I would probably suspect Emerson would be would be pushed out. Um, but then it's, it's not always easy getting rid of players. And I think people have to realise and recognise that it's like, yes, we want to get rid of players. There's a few on our, you know, within the squads that, you know, potentially we want to get rid of. But at the end of the day, somebody's got to actually want them for us to get rid of them. And, um, you know, there might be that thing of, well, if these guys don't want them, why should we have them? Um, So I think that part of like player recruitment is always neglected um, because it's, it's easy convincing players to come to you, but, you know, getting rid of some, um, as I've said, there is is not always easy. Um, so yeah, I, I think Emerson will go, whether that's a loan or or a permanent. Um, I don't really know. I know there's been a lot of interest from back in Spain um, for him. Talk of Atletico Madrid, um, but that's gone really quiet. So it might just be a case of we'll wait and see. Um, but then if not, I, I don't see Conte really just bombing out Emerson or Doherty. Um, to be fair, so yeah, he might just kind of keep it keep them and play them off against each other and be like, look, if you don't perform, I've got this one to come in. And it's yeah. like, look, to the next one, if you don't perform, I've got somebody else um, who's who's more than able um, and, and waiting in the wings. So, yeah. But competition is always good, I feel, in, in the squad. So, um, and for us to have that finally, it seems, in certain departments is um, is really, really good. Yeah, definitely. And I think you're right. I think we've spoken lots 
uh, on this show about competition for space, especially uh, during the season last season. But now we've got more players and we've got more uh, options to rotate. And I think it's a great position to be in. But obviously talking about players possibly leaving, we've actually got a player that is staying and is committed to the club. And Luke, I'll come to you. That is the fact that Ben Davies has signed another new contract. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I'm all I'm all for it. I think that, you know, when he was playing left back and Spurs were kind of really pushing on both wings, even under, you know, Mourinho at times, to have players that can attack from the wings. Um, he just wasn't that that player. You know, he was looked like he was going to get phased out. We ended up with uh, Reguilon and then all of a sudden Mourinho played him in one game against Liverpool's left back. Uh, left, sorry, left centre-back. And then Conte came in and played him pretty much every game in that position. And then at times he tried Davidson Sanchez in that position. That went tits up. Um, and, you know, in reality, if we look back at last season and we think about some of the better players for Spurs, of course, we're looking at Son, Kane, Kulusevski. The names that don't get mentioned, Eric Dyer, and also next to him, Ben Davis. I think that, why not, you know? Especially, you know, in the coming seasons where we're now we've now got five substitutes, a big squad is important. Um, we talked about it a lot on my channel on Saturday morning, and you know, that's what Spurs have now. Spurs now have a big squad, you know, and I don't think they're well, there definitely wasn't this season a priority to sell first, which it usually is. This season it was get players in, start the season with a full squad, and we've got time to let players go and, and get them out. You know, I'm 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 buzzing for for this season to come. I saw a comment saying, "Doesn't it drive you nuts waiting for the new season to start?" Like, yeah, hundred percent. You know, I want to see what Spurs can do this season. Um, and Ben Davis signed a new contract. I'm all for it. I'm all there. I think that's the thing. It's like he's worked so hard to be offered this new contract, and lots of people are saying, "Ah, oh, but let's go get someone else." But I think we've realised that we can't just go out and buy who we want. Obviously, the big one we all kind of want to come is Bastoni, but I think. Having Davies again for that squad rotation, if we do manage to bring someone in, great. But obviously, we've got Longley as well, Wesley. And I think, I know we've just spoken about, obviously, Spence and, say, Emerson and Doherty fighting for, for their positions. But could you see maybe Lenglet and Davies fighting for that position? Not necessarily a rotation with those two, but if you're better, let's play you instead of him and do it that kind of way. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, first of all, I think Longley is going to be a, a fantastic signing um, for us. Um but no, I think Ben Davis has, has earned a new contract, really. Um, you know, as Luke mentioned, he was probably one of our better players last season. I've always liked Ben Davis. Um, and I've always felt that as a player, he was just seven out of 10 pretty much every week. Didn't do anything major, didn't do anything spectacular, just kind of did his job um, and did the role that he was asked to do. Um, and I don't, I haven't really seen too many wingers in the league actually like completely rip him and tear him a new one um i think the only one that i can think of is perhaps in our last season at white hart lane when we went away to anfield and, and Mane um done it but other than that i'd like to think that i'm i'm pretty much struggling off the back of that so you know like i say i think he's just one of those sort of steady eddie kind of players um gives a hundred percent um you know never moans because there you know there was a time where he was pretty much our first choice left back and then Rose would come back after his injury and Rose was straight back in or, you know, as Luke mentioned, we thought he was being bombed out for Reggion. 
And Ben Davis never really moaned. He just sort of got on with it and accepted it. Um, and I think you're in a squad. You always need a player like that. Um, and I think Ben Davis is one is one for us. To be fair. Um, and yeah, like I say, I've always liked him. And yeah, when I saw the news today, I was uh, yeah, I was really really happy. A smart bit of business um, because he covers multiple positions for us. You know, and he's a defensive-minded left back as well, isn't he? So like, yeah. that's the key to it, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, he can get forward, but I think his first thought is actually, I'm a defender, let me do my job. Um, so covers that left-sided centre-back. If we wanted to change, and we have done in-games under Conte and gone to a four, he can play left-back um, and could probably do a stint at left-wing-back as well, to be fair, if you if you asked him to. So, no, smart bit of business. Um, and I was happy that he signed and actually started singing his uh, song that's been doing the rounds on Twitter um, as, as well. So, yeah, no... Good bit of business, I think. Sorry, Holly. Yeah. Um, last thing, like that, mm-hmm. I was just going to catch on from from Wes was that you know if with our especially our left side wing backs, for example, going forward, they're decent, right? Defensively, not as decent. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, so especially with Reguilon, let's look at him as an example. Many, many times does he get caught out lunging in quite high up the pitch? You know, kind of middle defensive third um with ben davis what you have then is you have the ability to shift so he has the ability to shift over into a position that he knows incredibly well so from left center back he shifts straight over to left back and is able to defend that position relatively easily and i think that that is also crucial for for him as you said in multiple positions was yeah yeah then look at you getting all coach and all tactical loot love it Rub it off on him, Wes. But Learn like, from the best. <laughs> it's great to see that uh, Daddy Davies is. Uh, it does on the Twitter. Doing, oh God! Uh, with the club. Um, that clip never fails to make me laugh. Um, but no, Daddy Davies is, is signed his contract till 2025. I think he's earned his place, which we've kind of all spoken about. And it's amazing what happens when a manager plays the players in their actual well-suited positions, and they actually play really well. So may that continue. Um, moving away slightly from players, I want to talk obviously about that Rangers game because Luke. You were at that game. So give us a little insight on how the atmosphere was. Finally. Finally, I was at a match and I can talk about it. No, yeah, it was it was brilliant. I loved it, you know. It was quite a small section in the corner of Ibrox. But, um, yeah, it was brilliant. I think that the Spurs fans, the uh, atmosphere from the Spurs fans was great. Got a lot of stick from the, uh, from the Rangers fans. And Fraser Forster got a hell of a... A lot of stick when he came on uh, playing for, for Celtic in the past. So, no, it was it was a brilliant, brilliant day out. I missed the last few minutes because <laughs> they put a warning up saying that all the Spurs fans are going to get kept behind for like a quarter of an hour after the game. And my uh, time was going off on my car, so I had to make a sharp <laughs> exit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. No, that is good. Like you say, like it's... I saw some of the, the obviously your clips on Instagram and the ones you posted on Twitter, and they did look like it was a lively game. And I heard things obviously about the Rangers fans are like not kicking off at the Spurs fans, but it was a bit of a hostile atmosphere. Um, which for a pre-season, you kind of beat yourself. Oh, all right, okay. So there's a bit of business going on here, but um, no, it looked like you had a great time in the game. Yeah, it was did- nice. Like go to a full like Ibrox at any time is a bit of a hostile <laughs> atmosphere. No, I walked in. I said before we started, actually, I. Because I only live 20 minutes from Ibrox and I drove and parked up and I walked in with, with loads of Rangers fans and it was good. They were they were buzzing for a good, you know, a good preseason match against a quality team. They thought they could do us because they did West Ham in midweek. Um, and do you know what? Even like where we were stood, 
there was like rows of police like separating the away fans from the home fans. And even either side of the the police kind of blockade, I suppose, there was people giving it gestures back and forth. It was good. It was good banter, actually. I liked it. Oh, I love that. That is funny. No, but it looked really good. And obviously the game was decent as well. Anyways, because obviously Harry Kane was doing Harry, Ga- uh, Harry Kane things again, obviously with that absolute whiz bomber to get the first goal on the score sheet. Um, so, so what did you make of Harry Kane's obviously turning up against them lot? Um, I think first half he had like little bits and we were seeing some of those patterns, I think, from last season, which was really, really good, you know, out of centre-backs, playing it into him. He's either setting it or, you know, a ball around the corner. And then we're in every time, pretty much. Um, I think the amount of times that, like, Kulu and, and Sonny got in behind, and I think had they had maybe a little bit more match sharpness, I think we could have been, like, three or four up in the first half. I don't know what you think about that, Luke. But, you know, um, yeah. And, and then, then, obviously, second half, he just thought, sod it, I'm Harry Kane, really. Um you know, and and like you say, produced an absolute moment of quality for the first goal. Um, and what I really, really liked about it from more of a technical perspective was that he sort of hides the ball up against Goldson and he just tempts him in to something and yeah. then he just shifts it and then curls it right in the top corner um, for that first goal. And it was, yeah, it was a really, really good finish. Um, and then the second one as well, equally as good, a bit more sort of meat and drink, I'd say, for, <laughs> for a centre forward. Um but yeah, no, two really, really good finishes, and yeah, it was it was nice to actually watch us because I haven't what been able to watch the other preseason games because I've been on a you know mid middle of the day and I've been at work, so no, it was nice to kind of watch us in um, in a preseason game and just get that feel that kind of match day feel back really. Um, obviously, the season's a couple of weeks away, and yeah, just itching to get back. But um, no, I think good good result and decent performance. I think. Um, obviously, we got Roman next, so that'll be an interesting one. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Like, I was sat right behind the corner of the goal when Harry Kane scored that, and you're exactly right. You know, you can't see anything, and he just shifts it ever so slightly to the right of him and then just pings it in the in the far corner. But the funny thing about the, the winning goal, it ended up being the winning goal, was about, I'm going to say, a minute before that, like, Kulisevsky gets absolutely flattened. And he is so, so angry at the referee because he got booked for diving. I don't know how it looked on the telly, but honestly, he because it was right in front of where we were sat and he was absolutely livid at the referee and Harry Kane had to pull him away. And then two seconds later, Harry Kane scored and then they had a big hug. And I assume he went, doesn't matter anymore. And then they moved <laughs> on. But it was nice to see uh, new signings as well, actually. I mm. think Basuma came on at half time and made a hell of a difference. Um, but from where I sat in the first half, because we were under the cosh a little bit, they're quite a pacey new new winger playing right wing. And I think Davidson Sanchez did an all right job, actually, which you don't often mm. often see. But there was a few kind of last-ditch challenges and they were it was pretty decent. So I was surprised but by him. I'm glad you mentioned Sanchez because obviously I've, I've got my notes down. And obviously I watched, I didn't get to watch the game uh, live happen, but I obviously went back and watched the extended highlights, not the Tottenham highlights. I made sure I went back and watched extended ones. Um, but like you say, Sanchez was actually having an absolute beast of a game. And... Yeah. from him it's like it's not that you don't expect it but you're thinking to yourself okay he's stepping up a level at the minute I don't know whether that's because obviously we're linked with lots of different people before I speak I think Joey's done it um there he is man he's in Whee! oh you Jay can you hear us 
He's got the stream on in the background. Oh, he's gone. He has. I've, I've shooting him out. Um, I'll get him on next week. Um, But uh, no, what I was talking about Sanchez and that kind of respects that obviously it's nice, Wes, to see him doing business. And before I ask you that question, big thank you uh, to Nitin for obviously becoming a YouTube member. Thank you very much, my <laughs> friends. I do appreciate it. It really does help the channel. Um, but yes, Wes, your contributions of obviously Sanchez. Do you think it's because obviously we're rumoured with, with a new centre-back coming in? Do you think he's trying to up his game a bit more? Do you think there's still a place for him at Tottenham? Um, yeah, Sanchez is always an interesting one and it causes a lot of debate, I think, amongst fans because we know there is a decent defender in there. It's just trying to get it out. And he's had quite a lot of grace, I think, now. And it's almost that make or break time for him. Um, I think at one point he turned into like prime Marcel Desailly with the back heel um, for Sessegnon. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I think Sanchez has this, this ability to have really, really good and solid games. But then he also has the ability to be absolutely horrendous. And like whenever he's on the ball, he's like Bambi on ice. Um, and he reminds you like Mamadou Sacco. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I think Sanchez will be a good one, I think, to have in the squad. Um, and I think, you know, we've mentioned obviously the five subs. Uh, we're going to have a lot more games this year, obviously, with Europe. Um, so I think having someone to be able to kind of chop and change. Obviously, we know he's not of the same quality as Kuti or, or Dyer, but, you know, still a half decent centre half that has got some. Premier League experience and a lot of Premier League games under his belt. I don't think that should go unnoticed, really. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was nice to kind of see him having a bit more of a solid game. Um, and like Luke, Luke said, he was up against Rabi Matondo, um, who's come in to Rangers from Schalke. Um, and he's a bit of a tricky customer. And yeah, he didn't really get a sniff, to be fair. Um, so yeah, credit where it's due. Do you know what I mean? If a defender's making sure that his direct opponent's not getting much change out of him, then he's done his job um but yeah i think it'd be a good squad player um to have for us um but i don't think he gets in the in the first he's got 11. too much of a like mistake in him mm. he's like a serge aurier you know like <laughs> he's, like he's all right <laughs> yeah. he's all right but you yeah. know that at some point he's given away a penalty Mm. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, Luke. Yeah, definitely. But I think I'm not Aurier comparing was... the two players. No, I was <laughs> saying, yeah, uh... I was going to say Aurier was a bit more rash than uh, than Sanchez. But um, yeah, it's just like I say, it's one. I think he's a good squad player, but yeah, he doesn't get in the first eleven by any stretch. Um, but I think we could do a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. than Sanchez. Definitely, one hundred percent. And just moving away from obviously the defense, I want to go back to obviously the Rangers game. And I know we were talking about Harry Kane, but it seems to me that he seems more alert, um, Luke. And we always know that he has that little bit of time in August where he's not really, shall we say, his best or on it because he never seems to score. Um, but the real concern I'm kind of having to flip it on its head is the fact that the goals are still coming from Harry Kane and not necessarily coming from the likes of Richarlison or. Because Veski is much. Do you think that's just pre-season? It is what it is. And the yeah. fact that those goals from other players will come? Yeah, not that I like to talk about other teams. It's a bit like Arsenal beating Chelsea 4-0. I won't be seeing that in the Premier League, put it that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there, there's moments, right? If we look at, I think like four or five minutes into the game, Kane picks a ball up kind of at the mm. halfway line and just pings a ball around the corner to Kulusevski. And he's through one-on-one. -on -one. But then he decides to cut back because he prefers his left foot, right? So he then cuts back and at that point he gets he gets tackled or he plays a ball and then it all gets all muddled up and then 
we lose possession. But, you know, look, there's never a time when you have to be worried about Harry Kane scoring too many goals. <laughs> True. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, I'd love to see Son scoring and Kulusevski scoring. I think, look, I think Harry Kane, he'll get 20-plus goals next season in the Premier League. I think Son, 15 goals. I'd expect maybe 10 from Kulusevski. As I said last week, though, about Richarlison, I'm really not that bothered if he scores, but it's about mm-hmm. how he plays. You even saw it against Rangers. He was getting kicked. He was getting shoved down. He was rolling around. That's what I think we should expect from Richarlison. Do, yeah. do you get what I'm saying? You know, he yeah, will to win those be fouls high at the pitch. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He'll win the ball. He'll run into a pocket where he's going to go nowhere, but get get the foul for it. So I think I think that's more what we'll see. Look, if he scores five to ten goals next season, I'll be happy with Charleston. But I don't think we're expecting him to kind of match those Kane Son levels. No, you're right. Kane and Son are a different breed. I was just wondering whether it should be something we're worried about. But like you say, it's adding more firepower to the fuel, so I would yeah. say. Um, I want to bring this up from Lewis because it kind of ties in, obviously, what we're talking about. If you're still here, Lewis, this is a great question. Thank you. Um, and it's about, obviously, the comments that Nagelsmann has made about Harry Kane and the fact that Conte has came out and said they're disrespectful. So, Luke, I'll get your kind of thoughts on it. Uh, sorry, Wes, I'll get your kind of thoughts on it first and I'll move over to Luke. Um, so, Wes, what do, you, what do you kind of make on Conte's, obviously, thoughts against Nagelsmann and what he said? Um, yeah, it's it's a little dig, isn't it? Um, it's kind of like, look, come on. There's, I think across football, there is this sort of level of respect amongst the managers for their, you know, um, I wouldn't say rival, but kind of their fellow, you know, um, lost my words now. Um, But, you know, like if another manager's got another team and like their players, basically, um, there is that kind of that mutual respect. And it's almost an unwritten rule that you don't sort of talk about it um, or you just kind of fob it off and just say like, look, he's a player for this particular team. You know, he's one that we like, but, you know, He's a, he's, a, he's a player for another team, so I can't really go into too much detail. So I think that's kind of what Conte said. He's just a bit blunt on it. Um, but am I am I ever worried about Harry Kane leaving Tottenham? Absolutely not. Um, you know, City couldn't afford him with their oil money, um, so we've got no we've got no problems really. Um, and then you know they've got to deal with Daniel Levy at the same time, who's not going to sell him. Um, okay, he set his price last summer, and that was just after football was coming out of COVID. So it's like, you know, the revenue streams weren't necessarily there and Levy's gone, right, 150 million minimum. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm never worried when it comes to Kane leaving rumours or anything like that because I know they've got to deal with Daniel Levy first um, and not many clubs are actually going to afford him or want to shell out that level of investment for Harry Kane. Um Especially, and I was always confident that he was going to stay last summer as well because I knew that coming to this summer, the Haaland release clause was coming into effect. So you'd effectively get Haaland for half the price of Harry Kane. And Haaland is what, 21? Kane's yeah. 28, 29. So from a business perspective, it's like it just makes sense for a club to, and especially someone like City, to invest that level of money and that level of finance into Haaland than it would for Kane because effectively they get Haaland for twice as long as they would for Kane. Um, so, and I don't think, I can't see anybody else really, um, really going for him. Um, and like I say, laying out big money, because he's going to be on, his next move, effectively, he'll be on 
he could easily double his money. I think he's on what two hundred um, plus at Spurs. He could easily get four hundred anywhere because he's he's an in, full international and he's England captain. That speaks volumes in itself. So yeah, I don't think it's uh, I don't think we've got anything to worry about basically. No, definitely. I feel it's like Cracknell said as well, and like you're saying, Wes, who's who's going to have the money to afford him? Um, yeah. So I don't know. And I mean, Luke, coming to you, obviously. Reading and listening to what Niles was saying that obviously he costs he's so expensive but he's brilliant and things like this. Did do you think that maybe it's just admiration or do you think Conte is right in saying, look, mate, come on, chill out a bit? Like it's our player, not yours. Yeah, look, it's a little bit disrespectful, but I kind of think, why not? He's he's it's a bit like a Hail Mary pass, right? In the NFL. He's basically gone for if I can tempt him, why not? It's very unlikely. But yeah, I don't look. Does Harry Kane leave and go to the Bundesliga? No, no chance. <laughs> not not in my eyes. And someone said there, how much is Kane worth at the end of this season? One year left on his contract. I don't think at the end of this season he has one year left on his contract. So um, because he'll sign a new contract, that's what I was implying. Um, <laughs> I know in case anyone didn't get that, what the thicko is about. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, I think look, you shouldn't do it. As Wes said, it's an unwritten rule, but Nagelsmann's a clown anyway. So <laughs> it is what it is. But I, I, I like how we're all in agreement that obviously he's staying. I think yeah. I think even Kane knows that with his children growing up here, with them seeing settled, um, like, uh, where is it, Nitin said here, um, Kane is hunting that Premier League's all-time goal record. I think now with Conte in charge, with the team he's building around, the likes of Son and Kane, I think it'd be silly to leave um yeah, so yeah I, I also think that that, M- that mls comment's pretty accurate mm, uh because I, I heard a long time ago that he his like other dream is to be like a kicker in the nfl yeah so gets himself o- gets himself over to the us <laughs> late on in his career gets his family settled somewhere nice <laughs> and then uh you know sweet talks a few nfl franchises they make a bit of a bit of money off him mm. and then uh you can do that as well. Why not? Happy days, isn't it? And that's the thing. I think if Kane can sort out uh, someone to sort his contract out a little bit better. So if he did want to maybe have that kind of thing, he could. But actually, it's just come to my head. Now you're talking about, obviously, the, the whole NFL deal. If Tottenham are to pursue this kind of NFL thing, you never know. It could be the Spurs, yeah. the first signing for the Spurs NFL team. You never know. It'd be very, very interesting. If you didn't have a clown like, of a brother, then he'd be all right, wouldn't he? <laughs> Very true. It needs to sort that out first, I think. Um, but yeah, moving us slightly away from obviously uh, Kane, because as we say, I think we're not worried about Bayern coming in and swooping him up because I don't think it's going to happen. I want to move slightly into this chat about an attacking midfielder, which I know Luke loves to <laughs> bits. Um, so first of all, I'm going to come to Wes so Luke can just sit there and, and ball over a little bit. And that is the fact that obviously there's two players uh, that are in question. I'm going to butcher the first one as Wes knows he's already picked me up on it, but it's Zano- Zanolo. And obviously Madison. I'm going to start with Madison first. Um, for me, he's Premier League proven. He can do it at Leicester. He can do it in the Prem. Um, he's still fairly young. Um, he's he's added assists and goals with Leicester. So, Wes, would you have Madison coming to Tottenham? Uh, it's probably not a question of yes and no. It's probably whether he'd fit a Conte kind of system and whether that system would be predominantly used over his other system. Do you know what? When Madison was at Norwich and we were linked with him, I was like, do you know what? We've got to be all over it. Um, since he's gone to Leicester, 
yes, he's done well. Um, but I always feel like Madison's one of those players that is pushing to be knocking on the England door and is just getting knocked back all the time. Um, I like his quality on the ball. I think he's a really, really good like attacking midfielder, can spot a pass, got a great eye, um, chips in with some really, really good goals, um, unexpected and important goals, I think, at important times in matches. My worry for Madison is the defensive side of the game. Like when I see him, or even when I see him run, he looks really slow and he looks like he is genuinely towing a caravan. Um, and I don't mean that like to be funny. Right? Genuinely, if you see any highlights of Madison trying to run, he looks so slow. Um, and I know it's not all about like running and things like that, but I think in a Conte team, you have to have, you have to be able to cover the ground. You have to be able to cover those yards. Um, you know, we've seen Conte absolutely beast the lot of them out in South Korea. Do I see Madison being anywhere near, you know, some of those players that are doing those lengthy um, sprints and things like that? Probably not. Um, so you'd really have to get some legs, I think, in and around him. Have we got that potentially now with Basuma? Um, you know, Skip covers the ground well. Bentoncourt and Hoiberg do um, too. But yeah, it's just one of those. I'm a bit more on the fence with Madison now than I was say, three years ago or four years ago when he actually moved to Leicester. Um, because at that time, I'd have said, yes, 100% need to get on him. Um, but having seen him a bit more up close and personal um, over the years, like I say, he's he's a good he's a good ball player, but I wouldn't say he's a luxury player. But he's one of those where you'd need to get the structure almost right around him mm-hmm. to allow him to play. Um, and I think his form dipped as well massively when he was linked with Arsenal when it was like his head had gone and I thought and I think at that time he thought he was getting his big move and it didn't materialise and it was like oh I'm gonna have to start from like zero all over again um which took a bit of time for him to get going um and then obviously he started chipping in once he found his form again but would I would I like Madison in a Spurs shirt look if he turns up I'm not going to complain um but 60 million for somebody who's not an international does seem a bit steep for me. I know we've spent 60 on Richarlison, but he's an international player. He plays yeah. for Brazil, um, despite what Roy Keane says in the fact that if you trap a ball, you're able to play for your country these days. Um, you know, so that kind of thing is is the bit where where I'm at with Madison. No, that's fair enough. Um, I think with me, I was just happy that we were linked with a creative midfielder. But Luke, I know that uh, creative midfielder isn't really your 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 favourite point to make. Um, so I'll come to your, your thoughts on that and then you can give me a little insight into your thoughts on Madison. Yeah, do you know what? It's funny you said that because for the 99.9% of people that don't watch my show, um, <laughs> I said on Saturday morning, if someone mentions the word... <laughs> playmaker i was gonna smash my laptop up was the phrase that's why i went for creative midfielder instead yeah yeah, thanks i appreciate that um no do you know what like i think we talked about james madison last week actually so uh won't go too much on him like i'm I'm a bit like wes if he comes great if he doesn't i'm really really not bothered my main point is that in the system we, we play at the moment we don't play with a creative midfielder right we play with two midfielders wing backs wingers striker the only way it would work is by a change in formation. I only see a change in formation, which I have heard Conte once. He does want two separate formations, with one where he plays two up front, um, which makes sense with uh, Richarlison and also um, Son being able to slot in there as well. That would be the only way that it would work. And I can only see that being played on specific opposition. 
Do mm-hmm. I see us buying James Madison just for that? No. Now, Zaniolo, I could potentially see happening. Number one, Paolo Dybala has just gone to Roma. So it creates an opportunity for him to leave. Secondly, I'm not too clued up on Roma or Zaniolo, but as far as I'm aware, he can also play on the wing. And yes. diversity is key in a lot of what Spurs have done in terms of transfers as well. Let's you know talk about that um, Richarlison deal for starters. You know, It's not just a striker. It's someone that can play on either side um, as well. So that's the deal I can see a lot more. And I'll, I'll say my last thing about James Madison, but it's just Deli Alley 2.0 in my eyes. <laughs> like, more, that's more interested in Boohoo Man than uh, Leicester Football Club. So. Oh, dear. I think you're right. I think the only thing that was pulling me to Madison was the fact that obviously it's Premier League proven. That was the only thing. But when you actually break it down and think how often would we be playing that formation? It means we have to drop someone that plays week in, week out in that starting eleven. Would he move to Spurs if he gets less game time? I know we've spoken heavily about five subs, but how often is he going to change the formation? Yeah. That's the other question. But when you mentioned Zaniolo, I probably said that wrong again, yeah. but it, it's, it's true, Wes. I mean, do, do a bit of research on him. Obviously, he's had a massive injury, which has obviously mm-hmm. pulled him back a little bit. But then you kind of think to yourself, well, if he isn't used now and again to give the opposition something to think about, I think, like Luke's kind of said, with Dabala going, it means that there's a room for, for him to come to Spurs. Yeah, although with Mourinho, he does like a few options in like attacking midfielder kind of positions. You know, if we look at his time at Chelsea, he had what Mata, Oscar, Hazard, I think obviously Salah, De Bruyne. Um, obviously, I know Salah and De Bruyne weren't really used much, but he kind of rotated Mata and Oscar around quite a bit. He loved obviously Kalou, um, loved playing Ramirez right wing. Um, and, and things like that. So I think wherever Mourinho's gone, he does like a, a few sort of options as well. So I don't think it's going to be necessarily as easy for us to get Zaniolo as perhaps many people think. Um, look, Dybala is their, don't get me wrong, he's their marquee sign. I think he smashed a record for shirt sales as well, um, beating Ronaldo when Ronaldo signed for Juventus. Um, and I think Dybala gives Roma that winning mentality, which is what Mourinho loves. He's been there, seen it and done it. Um, obviously a class act, which we all know, um, and will help Tammy Abraham as well, who had a really good season um, under Mourinho as well. Seems to have got the best out of him. Um, so, yeah, I don't think Zaniolo is going to be easy by any stretch. Um, but look, if we're reading reports and they're going to be true, Paratici was on the phone to his agent, whether they know each other previously or not. Chances are they probably do. What's um, the next game coming up? Yeah, that as well. Although the amount of times I've sat there, you know, when we were linked with Lorente when he was at Bilbao and then we played Bilbao in a pre-season friendly and it's like, yeah, just drop him off while you're there. And that didn't happen. <laughs> and we waited until Lorente was at Swansea to then sign him. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those, I know where I know where you're coming from, Luke, exactly. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, it's just one of those, like, again, if he turns up fabulous, um, and obviously I'll support him and get behind him because he's a Spurs player. Um, but again, if he doesn't turn up, I'm not going to be too, too worried because I think we've arguably got one of the best playmakers in the league anyway, he just happens to be our centre forward, (laughs) um, which is Harry Kane. Um, so yeah, I think, and that's kind of the way that I see us going a bit more three, four, three, but Kane doing his usual act of dropping in. Um, you know, we saw what the damage he does, even in the, in the big games. You know, we saw it away at the Etihad last season. Um, you know, I was there and he absolutely just tore City a new one just by the fact that they just couldn't pick him up. 
mm-hmm. played off the blind side of Rodri and was just pulling the centre-halves into places they didn't want to go. Um, so, yeah, like I say, if we get Zaniolo or Madison or Fakir that was mentioned or anyone else, then I'll be happy. But I think if there was somebody that could perhaps do a bit more of a dual role in terms of sitting a little bit deeper and playing a little bit deeper, but also having that creative spark, it would have probably been Ericsson. Um, obviously, I know he's gone to United. Um, Look at Luke. But I, think er- I, think Ericsson, I think Ericsson would have probably been that better fit because he, he has played a lot deeper than the other guys. Um, and, you know, obviously, we, we still all love Ericsson anyway, um, despite the way he left. Um, we still all love him. Uh, the moments that he gave us. Um, so, and despite the fact that I did say I'm not actually convinced about Ericsson, and here I am saying we should have signed him. Um, you know, it's just one of those. But yeah, like I say, I think he would have probably been the better option um, for us. But yeah, like I say, if the other guys turn up, I'll I'll be happy. If not, say Levy. It is what it is. Um, yeah. I just want to pick up what Nitin said again. Thank you for becoming uh, obviously a channel member tonight. Again, I was saying you swap shirts with Rodon because I think there's rumours about a swap deal potentially as well. So whether Joe says after Rodon, I, I don't know, but it'd be interesting right. to see uh, what happens. But moving on slightly, I just want to say a big thank you to everybody that is watching. If you are new, uh, please smash that like button and subscribe. I would love to get to 2k before the season starts. Got about what, two weeks till to the game against Southampton? So uh, please do that if you haven't already. But I want to talk about Pape Saar because, Luke, he has won a Young African Player of the Year. Now, that is like, that's not something to just pry away from. That's pretty decent. So I want to throw this question at you. Would you keep him amongst the squad or would you look to loan him out? Oh, it's a really, really interesting one. When you talked about him then, all I, all I could think about was... Uh... Apparently, he came from the same scouting pool at Mets as Sadio Mane oh, wow. came from. So, the scouts there, I think they've at Mets especially, have got a big scouting pool in, in Senegal. And then, obviously, Sadio Mane won um, African Player of the Year, I think it was this year. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, big up to him. You know, uh, I think that he has got a big future. But do I keep him within the squad? Really tricky, right? So do you keep him within the squad to like hone his skills, to learn from and to play potentially bit part role under Conte? Or do you let him go on loan? Because you look at the players, me and Wes were talking about this today, weren't we? Mm-hmm. About who we're going to play in that midfield. And like, do you play Basuma, Bentoncourt, Bentoncourt, Skip, Basuma, Skip, Skip, Hoiberg, mm. Bentoncourt, Hoiberg, Basuma, do you know what I mean? Like the, the combinations are endless. Add Sar into that as well. And competition for places is wonderful. But Willie, you know, he's at that such a young, raw age, like Ollie Skip was before he went on loan to Norwich. Do we risk kind of um, making his. Sorry, I'm doing Wes now. I'm getting lost in my words. Do we risk um, making his progress a bit stale, you know, and kind of like stopping that a little bit? Or do we. Um, you know, just have him in, in with that um, that squad as a positive. I think that's a good comment there, saying he needs mm-hmm. an English loan. Um, I wouldn't even be uh, against a Premiership loan if that was an option. Um, you know, obviously with a with a clause in that you can't play against Spurs, but yeah, I think that he's a he's a fantastic young player, and you've got to be to win the awards that he's won already. And I just think that I don't see him getting enough game time to make it worthwhile holding on to him. Yeah, I think you're right. And you don't want to hinder his development. That's, it. Got... that's the one. That's the word you're looking for. Christ alive. 
<laughs> you don't want to hinder, obviously, the way he's adapting and adjusting to the game. But you're also like, oh, do we do we keep him in the squad? He's got the, probably the, one of the best managers to play or learn from. He's got the best crop of players I think Tottenham have had in a long while. It's just it depends what you want to do. I mean, like Dan said, like you mentioned, uh, Luke, about the fact that obviously if we give him an English loan, now we've had this conversation about Brian Hill before, where it's like people were screaming for him to obviously come to an English league, and I think I was one of those. Could that be an option for Pape Sar? Do you think? Do you think that's what Tottenham are looking at to do? Um, it seems like Conte is really giving him that opportunity to mm-hmm. show him what he's about because probably Conte didn't really know too much about him. Obviously, he was signed before Conte turned up. So it's like, OK, give me a chance. Show uh, I'm going to show you, or from Sal's perspective, like, right, give me a chance. I'll show you what I can do. And then, look, I'm 18. I've got, you know, a bit of credit, or years in the bank almost, if you like. Um, and I can af- almost afford to go out on loan. I think an English loan would be great for him whether that's Premier League or, or Championship to, to even a certain degree. You know, you look at some of the teams that have got relegated um, and is it, you know, somewhere like a Burnley? You know, is he going to do it on a cold Tuesday night away at Turf Moor or at Stoke? You know, one of those little things where it's like if he passes those tests, we know we've got one. Um, do you know what I mean? So, um, but look, equally, if a Prem side want to want to have a look at him and, and take him, you know, he could do well at a, a club like Brentford, for example. I think he could suit them really, really well with the way they play. Um, and yeah, I think similarly with Brian Hill as well. And I think he's almost become our forgotten man in terms of attacking options. Um, but whenever I saw him last season, I thought, yeah, I like the look of this guy. He's, he's bright. He's direct. He looked quite exciting. And um, yeah, I just think he kind of fell foul to the poor state, if you like, of where the club was at the time. But I definitely think there's a player in there. And again, could he do with an English loan? You know, you might look at somewhere like a Brighton, for example, a team and a club that has the capability to play with a back three as well, um, but plays in a similar way, like they play from the back, they like to progress the ball through the pitch. Um, You know, could that, again, be something that would be um, that would be of an interest to not only Brian Hill, but to Tottenham as well? I don't know if they're they're trying to look at you know solutions and alternatives for for the for Hill and and for Saar. but I guess with those I don't know if we'll be in too much of a rush to get rid um, because you could have a situation like what Guardiola tends to do with some of his younger players um, you know we look at Foden Cole Palmer you know he's kept the ones that almost the gems and he's kept hold of them and said look your chance is going to come be patient with me your chance will come and then when it comes you've got to take it um mm. will we see Conte do something similar you know I don't I don't know but again we we always like as fans we always like to see like a young one coming through um and you know someone that we can really get behind so these guys could be could be another one really yeah fingers crossed I think you're both kind of right in a sense that you probably maybe not be one the Tottenham right now but getting some English obviously um, experience behind them in say the Championship or even the Prem would, would be great. Um, talking about young talent uh, Troy Parrott today has said that he's going to uh, sign another contract with Spurs but he has gone on loan to Preston so Luke I'll come to you thoughts on obviously us keeping hold of Troy Parrott Yeah he has signed a new contract hasn't he? I think it's yeah he has, he's yeah. gone straight mm. on loan. <laughs> yeah no I think great you know, from what I've heard from pre-season, he's pretty much the fittest one at pre-season, mm-hmm. give or take. Uh, last one standing in the length of the pitch in South Korea, and fair play to him. I've been, I've been impressed with him. You know, he went on 
he had that time under Mourinho, right? When he came on in that Carabao Cup game, missed a penalty, and then that was it. Like everyone said, "Oh, Mourinho, you got to play Troy Parrott," and he's like, "He's not ready." He played him, missed a penalty, and then that was the last Pretty thing we saw point, of him. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he did all right on loan last season. I think he's gone Preston's now. So yeah, yeah, where's Zappi? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. You know, from what I've read, he's got his head screwed on. He's been trying to learn from Harry Kane, so on. And uh, yeah, he's got another loan, and then I think it's it's time to shine, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think we've kept hold of him for a long time, so it's got to, it's got to mean something. And to give him that next contract was it just kind of shows that we're putting our faith into Troy Parrott. Yeah, no, I was a little bit gutted that he didn't obviously come back to uh, to Stadium MK because um, from what I heard, he had a re- he had a decent loan spell, especially that's that second half of the season. He really sort of came into his own, um, and I think had Don's got promoted, there might have been an opportunity for him to go back. Um, but what I really like about Troy Parrott is his mentality at the moment. It was that you know from what again from what if for what uh, we're read to believe, it was that right. I've got this almost clear path like right I want to go out on loan to a championship club this season then when I come back next season I want to be pushing into that first team um, and being in and around it and I like that mentality from a young player it's like right I've got that clarity in terms of where I want to go but I know the building blocks in between um, and that's something that I speak to to young players about all the time um, so it was nice to see somebody having having that as well that is in the almost like the pro game um, but yeah, I've I've liked what I saw, especially last season when I when I did watch Don's a couple of times um, from Parrot. Um, he almost felt like he tried to be too Harry Kane like um, in the way that he played, like always wanting to get involved, everything like that. And I think at times you just want to say to him, Troy, just stay in the whip for the box, stay in the whip for the posts, and just kind of sniff your scruffy goals out, and then the rest of your game will evolve um, off the back of it. But um, yeah, should be a good loan. Preston are a, a half decent side. I think he's coming in almost to replace uh, Cameron Archer, who was on loan there from Villa um, last season. He bagged a few goals and I know Preston really liked the look of him um, and he did really well there. So, yeah, hopefully this will be a successful loan spell because obviously before Don's, Troy had a bit of a, a difficult loan spell, a couple with Millwall and Ipswich. So, um, you know, hopefully this one will do him the world of goods. Um, and, yeah, he can come back next season and really push um into into the team and into Conte's plans should obviously Conte hang about well fingers crossed I'm hoping with the squad he's building that that he will but we all know that we, we've got to keep in the back of our heads that obviously Conte is a man that doesn't like to stay very long but hopefully we can persuade him to do so um before we go I've wanted to talk to Luke about this all day and that is oh, the Christ. fact that obviously Tottenham have changed their bio on Twitter to Coits, 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 Coits. Oh. Now, there are two rumours. There is either the rumour that, obviously, his new documentary is coming out on Spurs Play, and this is obviously them marketing it, or could it be a contract coming out for him? So, Luke, I've come to you, mate. Yeah, it's got to be a new new contract, doesn't it? From a boy, Lucas. No, look, I think that... I think... How long has he got left now? Like a year? I think it's a year. Contract? Yeah, so I think it's just yeah. another year contract extension I think there were reports that he'd said something like now Spurs are back in the we've had two years out of the the Champions League and now we're back in the Champions League like I want to do everything I can type of thing and you know I think why not I think the kind of things that Conte has talked about him in pre-season you know maybe I'm not raving about Lucas as a right wing back but if it's a position that he has to play every now and again 
why not? And I don't know. I just think he's a happy, smiley, chappy. All those things like I'm buzzing about. So yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, and I thought I'd ask you first because obviously I know how much you love him. Um, but there's lots, like you said, he's, he's trying him at right wing back. That could be his new kind of position that he has to play now and again, depending on who we're playing. Um, so I don't know. I, I love Lucas Mora. Mum loves Lucas Mora. Luke oh, your mum's got good taste. That's why. <laughs> well, literally, the other players she liked left, so she had to choose Lucas. Um, <laughs> but Wes, what, 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 I want to get your kind of take because obviously I know Luke loves Lucas a bit. Like, are you on the same kind of vibe? Would you mind him staying in the club? Because I think his the way he gels the squad members together, I think is something also that we need to remember. It's, it's not just how they perform on the pitch, it's the morale in it. And I think, obviously, the South Korea tour, and I mean, there's, are there certain players that haven't been? I won't name them because I don't want to talk about them. But with them not there and, and Lucas being around there, and the, the vibe has been so good. So even having Lucas around the dressing room is, is obviously a great vibe. It's, he's got to stay. Yeah, I think if you're a Spurs fan, you love Lucas Mora. <laughs> It's that's it. The end of yeah. end of it. That's it. That's the tweet almost. I, not only for Amsterdam, but the little things that he does, and he is so fully Tottenham. You want him to do so well, and it's one of those. He's one of those players that if anybody deserves like winning a trophy with us, it's him. Um, you know, he's he's a great great character. You know, you look at the way he kind of took Vinicius under his wing um, in a really really difficult time for people in general. Yeah. Um, and he just sort of took him under his wing, you know, really helped him settle in um, and things like that. He's done the same with Emerson. He's doing the same with Richarlison now. And like you said, Holly, those things really go unnoticed. Um, but yeah, he's a great kind of person to have around. Look, we've seen Musa Sissoko play at right wing back. So anything must be an upgrade on that, surely. Um, well, I say that we've seen Emerson as well. Um, but, you know, yeah, I think he's one of those that will almost happily do a shift for the team. Mm-hmm. You know, like you say, Conte's shifted him at right wing, but yeah, no, I'll do it for you, Gaffer. Don't worry. Um, you know, he's he's one of those players, I think, that every sort of club needs um, to have a thing. He's similar to Davis in that he doesn't really moan if he doesn't get too much game time. He just knows he's got to work hard um, in training to be in the manager's thoughts. And yeah, I wouldn't mind too much if he stayed. Um, don't get me wrong, there's been times where he's frustrated the life out of me. Um, and I'm like, well, is it perhaps time to part ways? But I think just as a person, he's he's brilliant. He loves the, he genuinely loves the club, and that's rare. Um, and obviously, who can forget Amsterdam? Um, you know, he's given every Spurs fan the best moment of their lives, pretty much. Um, so yeah, look, if Lucas does stay, or you know, that would be great. If it's a, a new documentary, I might have to sign up to Spurs Play um, to watch it. I haven't got around to signing up yet so i haven't watched the conte uh 202 days either um so if anybody wants to let me know what it is like then uh <laughs> then yeah please let me know um so yeah like i say lucas right wing back could do could do him a world of good to be fair um mm. but i think that then depends on who we shift out first um because i think there's a few that we need to get rid of as i mentioned earlier before we even think about anybody else coming in mm. Definitely. And I think that oh, wait, I won't bring up my next question, which was going to be like, who do you want in um, after that? Uh, <laughs> quote was. So I'll leave that one for another day. Um, but I want to say a big thank you uh, to both of you. Um, and a big thank you to everybody in the group chat. Obviously, Nitin becoming uh, a member of the channel. Thank you very much. Um, as everybody that's basically commented, if you haven't already, like I keep saying, subscribe, like. I'd love to get to 2K before the season starts. But before we depart ways, I want to go around like a carousel and ask where everybody can find you at. So where's come to you first, mate. Lovely to have you back on. 
where can everybody find you doing your thing? Yeah, so um, on Twitter at Wezo10, Moose is Dembele fan account, as I say every time, because he's the greatest of all time and no one's going to tell me any different. Um, and then at Wezo32 on Instagram, you'll probably see me at Spurs games um, across the season. Um, and also been supporting the Women's Euros uh, this summer as well, which has been absolutely brilliant. Uh, loved every minute of it. Um, and yeah, got my own coaching business in the Milton Keynes area as well. So at WM32Football, um across all socials um for that so yeah looking forward to a busy summer with summer camps um and and whatnot so yeah you've caught me on a good week to be fair because I'm not doing any uh admin so yeah you've picked a good time to have me back on love it I love it and there'll be plenty more times when the season starts and Luke where can everybody find you doing your thing as well my friend well apparently no one can find me anywhere so (laughs) yeah don't bother um no just want to say thanks again holly for having me on i really appreciate it wes has always been amazing make sure you follow these guys because they're just brilliant and great people as well but if if you want to it's just at rivalry aside tv across all social media uh if you want to follow my rambling just luke underscore ratv but to be honest subscribe if you want i don't mind I love it, Luke. And honestly, I watched I watched Luke's show at the weekend. And I'm not just saying it because you're here. But I did thoroughly enjoy it. And watching Den obviously uh, melt and cringe everything uh, you guys were saying about Arsenal. It was good stuff. Oh, yeah. For those that don't know, we do a, sorry, we do a North London show. So it's Arsenal versus Spurs every single week. Different hosts. So, yeah. I forgot to even mention that. <laughs> no one even like, knows what I talk about. A little bit to, to get it out of him. Um, but no, it's been great to have you both on tonight. Like I say, I'll get you on again when the season starts. Um, just a little update for everybody else in the chat and watching or re-watching or listening. Um, Holly Sotswell's live will be back next Monday, same time, same place. But we'll be previewing, obviously, the first game of the season and what we hope is going to happen. I'll also have a video tomorrow. I'm back in the Agam Bar. I'll be watching the women uh, lionesses, hopefully beating, obviously, our next opponents, which I'm sure we will, hopefully, touch wood. Um, but yes, until uh, next time, like I always say, um, I think we all do it in unison, which is, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> <laughs>